It's me again. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Galatians chapter 6. Today's sermon we're taking out of verses 7 to 9. So verses 7, 8, and 9 of Galatians chapter 6. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I pray as we um, look into your scripture, your words. Um, I ask that you give us something of value, something that we can take away from here that can help us. Thank you. We love you. Amen. So, I, I enjoy playing softball, and I'd say I play a good bit, and in fact, if you were to ask my wife, she'd probably say I play a lot, but... I really like it. And earlier this year, by the way, some of my teammates are in here. Earlier this year, in our first tournament of this year, I slid into second. I hurt my knee. I have a meniscus tear in my knee. And I've been going to a doctor in Hartville um, to try to help me. Um, He's working on it, did some things. and he's trying to help me get through this year um, so I can let it heal properly after the year is done. And so all summer, twice a week, I've been driving up to Hartville to do therapy. And here about a month ago, I left for work a little bit late. It was a little bit late getting, getting started to go up there, so... Going up to Hartville, you go to Canton, 62 to 43, and go 43 north from North Canton up to Hartville. And I'm driving up through there. Uh, there's two lanes kind of through town, probably a 35-mile-an-hour speed limit or so. And I, I don't like being late, so I, I wanted to try to make up time. You know how we do. And... I was passing some cars, and everything, everything was good. I was almost going to get there, and I see something sitting right over here beside me as I'm kind of flying past. And sure enough, he pulled out, followed me. Soon I got the flashers, and that's not fun. But all this to say is there, there are laws here where we live. Um, and to drive a speed limit is, is one of those laws. And I broke that law. I violated it. And there are consequences when we break laws. Um, in this case, there were 210 consequences. So, but we live in a world governed by laws, um, especially here 
in the United States. We are, we have, we have the laws of the land. We're a nation of laws, not kings. Okay, so we're governed by, well, the Constitution. It's a set of laws. Um, and we have, we have a bunch of other laws. And with these, with these laws, you can break them. And if you don't get caught, maybe there's not really consequences. There are also laws of the universe. And these are laws that cannot be broken. Um, an example would be the law of gravity. I can jump, but I come back down. I can't decide I'm just going to jump and keep going. Um, these laws can't be broken, and they're laws that we depend on every day. So, for instance, the sun comes up every morning and sets every evening. I guess more specifically, the earth spins once every 24 hours or so. But things don't randomly change. There's an order, there's a set of laws that, that the universe follows. Um, and it makes it, makes it predictable. Um, but things aren't just randomly going off and, and um, falling out of order. So then there's also moral laws. These are laws that exist in the spiritual realm. They're designed by Creator God, and they also cannot be broken. And we're looking at one of these laws today. Now, this law is true both in the physical and spiritual realm, um, but we'll be looking at it today more in the context of the spiritual realm. It's the law of sowing and reaping. Now, we're going we're gonna to look at these verses kind of one verse at a time here. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. But I want to point out here, Paul wrote Galatians, and he, he's writing this not to non-believers. He's writing it to the church. So he's writing it to Christians, to believers. He's writing it to us. Okay, that's important context to start with. Let's read verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. So, the law is this. Whatever you sow, that's what you will reap. And that law cannot be broken. Okay? And we'll look at the law a little bit later, but I'd like to focus on what's he talking about here. He says, do not be deceived. Don't be deceived about this law. God is not mocked. He's talking about a specific kind of deception here. And I think where the, de- where the deception or hopefully the potential potential deception is this. Don't think as a believer we can indulge flesh without consequences. 
See, the problem with being deceived is I don't know it. At least not until I see the truth. And we have an adversary who's the devil, who's the master of deceit. You know, he deceived Eve way back in the beginning. And I don't think he's let up since. He hasn't slowed down. In fact, it's like deception is his thing. I think especially with followers of Christ. But in looking at this, maybe the devil doesn't deserve all the blame for this deception. Maybe I'm part of the problem. Maybe I'm capable of deceiving myself. 1 Corinthians 3.18 says, Let no man deceive himself. Okay, that's concerning. Jeremiah 17.9, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. You see, not only can we be deceived by someone else or something else, we can deceive ourselves. See, the problem is, even as believers, we still have at least what's left of a sinful nature. It's pride. That word with a big eye right in the middle of it. And we have a selfish heart. A heart that wants to do what I want to do. And I think our deception can run something like this. I'm saved. I'm under God's grace. God will never let me go, so there really can't be too serious consequences if I walk in the flesh, at least a little bit. After all, isn't that what Christ died for? Don't be deceived. God isn't mocked. Now, the word mocked here implicates to sneer at, turn up nose at, or to treat with contempt. Paul states clearly in this verse, the grace of God does not eliminate the principles of choice and consequence. In this life, our decisions will bring with them natural results. We must not lie to ourselves that because of God's grace and forgiveness of our sins, we will not suffer any harm if we continue to choose sin. To believe such a thing is to mock God and to make light of Jesus' sacrifice for our sin on the cross. Here's another way of looking at this. I can eat a whole cheesecake every night for a year and ask God to forgive me for my gluttony, but that won't magically make the weight fall off. I think the point here is there, there are natural consequences for what we do. James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. 
You see, the evidence of what I believe isn't what I hear or say. It's what I do. Like, you can say you believe anything. That doesn't mean you believe it. The proof of what we believe is proven by the seeds that I'm sowing. So what I truly believe is what I live out. I'm not making the claim that salvation is lost at some point here. That's not for me to say. I want to be very careful. I'm saying in this life, most certainly, there are consequences for the choices that we make. And we will reap what we sow. And the more I've thought about this and studied it, I'm convinced that no one ever gets away with anything. Let's look at verse number 8. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Now, when it comes to the harvest, it seems there are two options here. We'll either harvest corruption and ultimately death versus eternal life. And the rest of this is pretty straightforward. I'm not going to dig into it much, but let's go over it. What are the works of the flesh? Well, in one chapter earlier, Galatians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul lists them. And, or at least these are some of them. They're pretty explicit, but they're in here, so I'm going to read them. Galatians five nineteen to 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, Enmity. And here's where it gets tough. Strife, jealousy, fits of anger. Jealousy is sowing to the flesh. Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. If you sow these we will reap corruption. Now, corruption here carries the meaning of destruction, ruin, deterioration, or loss. And it's crazy how one person's choices can often affect people around us, families, children, deeply affected because of the bad choices of a member, a parent, a dad. What is sowing to the Spirit? I think this is a big one. 
giving. Anytime we give, you're operating outside of self. Giving, whether it's time or money or something else. Being generous with others is an invitation for God to be generous to you. I want to read that again because I think, I think that's a big deal. Being generous with others is an invocation for God to be generous with us. What is sowing to the Spirit? I think taking our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ is sowing to the Spirit. Refusing to gossip. Maybe even if there's some truth there. Speaking the truth, honoring your word, doing good to all men. And I think it's really summed up here in Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And here it is. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So, practicing the golden rule, that's sowing to the Spirit. That'll produce the harvest of these beautiful words, the fruits of the Spirit. Does anyone know them? Just curious. Like all of them. Any kids? Here they are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There th- Let me read verse 9 yet. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. I'd like to make three points yet here. on the law of sowing and reaping. Point number one is the harvest is limited to the planting. Okay, you can only harvest what you plant. You can't plant one thing and reap another. Number two, the harvest is proportional to the planting. If you sow little, you will harvest little. If you want to harvest much, sow much. And number three is the harvest comes after the planting. The harvest comes after the planting. Now there's a time of growing between planting and harvest time. 
And sometimes that's the hard part. But it takes time. It requires faith. Faith in a God who ordained the principle that what you sow is what you reap. So, but ultimately, the harvest is, that's God's job. It's our job to sow. I wanted to make sure I get everyone out of here in time for, make sure no one's late for lunch today. So, if you would all please stand. I'm going to end with reading verse 10 yet. Um, and then we'll close with a song. Verse 10, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith, to each other. Thank you all for coming. Um, Why don't we bow for a word of prayer yet? Chris, you can come up. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are a God of the harvest. Thank you for the laws that you have ordained. Laws that keep everything in order and they work to our good when we love you. Thank you for being good to us. Thank you for everyone here today. Uh, Dismiss us with your blessing. I pray in Jesus' name. Okay, just stay standing.